survive have on you that. ever snapped into a slim jim they're not that good you don't like slim jims i'd rather just have like someone's homemade jerky oh for sure or or someone got, gets like deer sticks from like a locker it's always better i do love me a slim james though I will say um, I did just buy like a hundred box of minis for this trip coming up. Mini Jimmy's? Oh, yeah. I think they did a really smart thing having Macho Man as their spokesperson. I know. Oh, yeah, brother. Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah. Let me tell you what, brother. <laughs> it hurts your throat <gasps> when you do it. Talking like that does make my throat. I don't know how those guys did it. It makes my throat like tickle. It straight up triggered my gag reflex somehow. I don't even know how that's possible. Talking like Macho Man, I just had a gag reflex. Welcome to another episode of the Backroads and Bonfires podcast. podcast. I'm, I'm your host, Burke. I'm here with my guest, Adam <laughs> Pedersen. Adam, hey, Burke. Adam, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, just been living in the hayfield for about 12 hours a day lately. And is this because you got evicted? Yes. Uh, Adam my is life. falling on hard times. We've started a GoFundMe. It's like you and I all over again. It's a GoFundMe, <laughs> but instead of money, we're asking for Slim Jim's. Uh, please, please send Slim Jims. Yeah, Slim Jims, and I can eat handfuls of alfalfa and survive have on that. Have you ever snapped into a Slim Jim? They're not that good. You don't like Slim Jims? I'd rather just have like someone's homemade jerky. Oh, for sure. Or or someone got, gets like deer sticks from like a locker. It's always better. I do love me a Slim James, though. I will say um, I did just buy like 100 box of minis for this trip coming up Mini Jimmy's? to Texas. Oh, yeah. They did a really smart thing having Macho Man as their spokesperson. I know. Oh, yeah, brother. Snap into a Slim Jim. Yeah. Let me tell you what, brother. <laughs> it hurts your throat <gasps> when you do it. Talking like that does make my throat. I don't know how those guys did it. It makes my throat, like, tickle. <laughs> it straight up triggered my gag reflex somehow. I don't even know how that's possible. Talking like Macho Man, I just had a gag reflex. <laughs> My oh, eyes man. are watering. <laughs> All right, Burke. I have I have some things here to unload on you. I'm I've got like a hard out in five minutes. Yeah. Oh shoot! I better go fast. Yeah. Um. Are people really? Oh, I hope people don't take offense to this because I know that there's some loyal listeners who type this, and I love you dearly, every one of hey, you. If you just say no offense before you say it, they can't take offense. That's right. like a catch all. All right. To those of you that do this, no offense, but. Do you really feel great about the time that you're saving by typing THX instead of just the full word thanks? Yeah. Six. I Six. I don't get it. Hey, I went and uh, did this, and I'll, I'll talk to you tomorrow. Okay. Six. You can't just type thanks. Um, Six. I don't really use any 
I don't think I use any abbreviations. I say prob instead of probably about half the time. I say like pry. Like, are you guys going to, we'll pry go there. Oh, P-R-Y. But like, I don't think that's even a word and I don't think text recognizes it. But does it, you say that, right? Because pry is an actual word. Like I'm trying to pry this open. Yeah, that's a good so, point. But like. But I know how you're using it. Do you it. think, do, do you guys use it? Do you use it that way? Uh, Thomas Hansen does. Has our whole life. Pry. Yeah. I, pr- I probably see you there. Yeah, but I guess it's it never dawned on me that that's not really proper until I think I started trying to type yeah. it. Um, or we used to always say like someone someone would say something to the effect of, "Dude, I'm totally going to beat you in one on one basketball," and you'd be like, "Probably not, bod." <laughs> Probably not, bod. <laughs> that was like something we'd say when we were kids. Probably not, bod. Oh, <laughs> uh, that made me. Uh, for some reason, I always remember my friends saying that on MSN Messenger. And it just made me think that you would have absolutely hated having conversations with me on MSN Messenger back the day. I back in the day, I mistyped so many words. I mean, I still do in text. I'm notorious among all of the people I know as the worst typer of all time. You're getting to experience it now, um, being friends with me. But uh, I would always type just as S J U T Sujet. I would go too fast. I don't know why I would type things. I type things. I get like going really fast and I type things backwards. I have some legendary typos. Did uh, Are you a LOL guy? Because we are a haha family in my house. I don't type LOL. I type haha. So I still use LOL. Yes. Haha is rare. It has to be really haha for me to haha. It actually has to make me haha. I've gotten away though from. I've gotten to the point where like, I feel like majority of people that I text with, for the most part, know me really well, have known me for a long time. They know that I speak with lots of sarcasm. So I've gotten to the point now where I don't do a lot of LOLs or smileys or stuff like that. I just put a straight sentence and think, well, someone for sure will know what I mean. Or sometimes people will type LOL. How do I explain it? Like LOL is totally not necessary, but they'll put it as like a way to like make what they said. Gosh, I wish I could explain it. It's just not necessary to have an LOL and it drives me crazy. So I don't do it often because it's not necessary in a lot of situations. When uh, something's funny, I type ha ha. When it's really funny, I type like ha 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 like a million. And if it's like I fell off my chair, it's ba ha 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 ha. Like that starts with a (laughs) B. Yeah. I use the ha ha's uh, and laughing faces for sarcasm a lot. Like when Iowa sports fails me over and over again and they do something terrible, I'll like send a link to something they did with like a million ha-has, but it's like a, we're laughing sarcastically. They got us again. Ha-ha-ha-ha-ha. Go Hawks. They got us again. Something like that. Or I'll put a bunch of laughing faces like, yep, the old Hawkeyes are at it again, screwing us over. Something like that. So I do. I like to use ha-has and laughing faces as the opposite of what they are, I guess, as like negatively. Oh, I don't really do that. I do. And it got me in trouble once on the internet. I replied to an Iowa Hawkeye thing on Twitter like 10 years ago with a laughing face. But I meant it like in a, like uh unbelievable, I can't believe they did this laughing face. People thought, I can't remember what it was, but if it, if it would have been like I was actually laughing, it would have been inappropriate. I woke up the next morning to like 180 Twitter notifications in this thread. People were coming at me because they thought I was being very 
rude and like not um, thoughtful and kind. And I wish I could remember what it was, but people misinterpreted my la- misinterpreted my laughing faces. I I feel like I use laughing faces when it's like <clears throat> it's funny. I didn't laugh out loud, but I want you to know I appreciate your humor, and um, it's well it's taken well. If I if somebody says something that's like off color and I don't really I don't really agree with the joke, but I don't want to ghost them, I just write back like yikes or something like that. I've gotten those. <laughs> yeah, so I, you've you have gotten those from me. Uh, but I'm I'm fully self aware that I say some outlandish things. Mm. If I tie, if I give you a laughing face, it's because you made. If I'm not using it sarcastically, it's because you literally made me laugh out loud. So there you go. Like I said, we're a haha family, and we're not going to be changing anytime in the near future. Well, stick to your guns. Yeah. And like my uh, tattoo on my arm says, remember your roots. Um, that, that tattoo said, live, laugh, love. <laughs> that's, the, um, that's the one on my butt So cheek. in the last podcast episode, we did a draft of TV shows, uh-huh. and I drafted PBS. And I forgot to mention that one of the reasons I drafted PBS was Wishbone. Wishbone the dog. That what a show. That show was awesome. I learned Wishbone. so much about classic literature from wow. Wishbone. Hey. What's the story? Wishbone. Was Magic School Bus on PBS? Um, I think it was. Wow. I just I don't know why I just thought of that, but I did. Miss Frizzle was so out of pocket half the time. She was crazy. Yeah. Just driving that bus right into someone's intestine. <laughs> you Miss Frizzle could be in your body right now and you wouldn't even know it. <laughs> crazy right yeah gosh imagine the thing she saw whoa but i think if you say out loud i do not give miss frizzle consent (laughs) by law i don't think she can take a field trip into your body now if she's already in there that doesn't do anything yeah but if you say it out loud that you do not give her consent then i think you're good sometimes when i have a tickle in my throat i'll start thinking i wonder if that's miss frizzle I wonder what she's doing in there. Hey, can I propose a law or maybe a like a 28th Amendment or something? Yeah. It should be illegal to talk on your speakerphone in public unless it's an emergency. I am so tired of like people walking around gas stations holding their phones it's bad. like this and having very loud conversations that are not. It's just rude. Yeah. Like one person was just walking around having a regular conversation about drinks they were buying and they were super loud. And I'm like, what, what happened to our society? Yep. Have you seen this? Oh, have I ever told you about the time it happened in church? Did I talk about that on this pod? Oh no. This is like eight years ago, sitting in some at church lady behind me, her phone rings. I'm like, all right. Yeah. Some people forget to turn it on silent is what it is. She answers it, starts talking on it. Ooh. On speakerphone. Oh, boy. During the sermon. Oh, boy. There's like 300 people sitting in there, and Pastor Doug's giving a sermon, and she's yapping on her phone. Everyone around is like giving her the look. I about said something, and finally she like, ugh, rolled her eyes like she was mad at us, and then she walked out of the church. But she talked on her phone for speaker. She talked on speaker on her phone. I can't talk. For like 45 seconds during the sermon. Oh, that's straight to purgatory. Before walking out. I can't believe <laughs> no, that's- I can't believe it. It's it's unacceptable. It's people ought to know better. We needed a twenty eighth amendment. It should say like Man, I'll be the first to sign you, it. You can't well, you don't have any reason to sign it. You have no authority in the US <laughs> government, Adam. 
Come on, man. Dang it. Come on, be better. Um, <laughs> unless Maybe it's Steve a, King will give me his signature. Steve King's not even a congressman anymore. Oh, okay. Um, but it it just you just you derailed my thought because you interrupted me like three straight times. I'm so sorry. I got a heart out in like five minutes. So, um, <laughs> it, unless it's an emergency, get off the speakerphone in public. It's just terrible. It's terrible. That's terrible. I'm a big speakerphone guy when I'm not in public. Um, yeah, sometimes when I'm walking around my house. I just never – it depends on who I'm on the phone with. Some people are loose cannons, and you, when you're around your kids, you're like, <laughs> I cannot put this person on speakerphone. They may say something wildly inappropriate in front of my kids. That's a good point. You know what I'm saying? Oh, that's a great point. I can put point. my mom on speakerphone all day, every day. Um, other people who I won't name can't do it. I wouldn't put you on speakerphone in front of my kids. I don't blame you. <laughs> you're just not sure what I'm going to say. No. <laughs> never know. Don't blame you. Never know. Um <laughs> I have, I have, uh, I have another thought here for you. Go ahead. Why would anyone ever think that it is okay to put the toilet paper on the roll so it comes under on the backside instead of over on the front? Yeah. Like, why would anyone ever think it should be anyway but over the top on the front? If you're trying to pull from under and rip it, like, it's just not right. I don't know why it's even a debate. It's just not right. It, I don't get it. There is no debate. There isn't. Yeah. And there and there shouldn't be. There isn't like if you do it backwards. I don't know what is going on in your head mentally, but it's wrong. It's like it's like people. It's a it's a fake debate. It's con- it's created controversy. Yeah, it's created by um, certain interest groups to keep America divided. And I don't like it. I think it's the Illuminati. Yeah, um, it's, it's a stupid it's debate. It's like if someone was like, "Oh, which side of the fork do you use?" <laughs> It's like, what? this isn't even a debate. We all use the same side of the fork. And anybody that uses the other side is wrong. It's not just a different way to go about life. It's yeah. just wrong. You're wrong. Yeah. Thank you for agreeing with me. You're welcome. You have another thought over there? I don't really have a whole lot. I got um, more. Do you remember? Maybe I said this. I think I already said it. So I'm not going to say it. Okay. How about uh, limos? Maybe the most overrated thing on planet Earth. One of my baseball players drives a limo around. Yeah, I know. It's awesome. I've seen it. He takes the whole team to Casey's before games to get, <laughs> like, sunflower seeds and stuff. It's the coolest <laughs> thing ever. Okay. For what he's doing with it, totally in. I'm all in. Right. But uh, – and he's he's a neighbor of ours on the farm, and every now and then I see it over there when I'm doing chores, and I just chuckle. Um, but, like, wedding – like, I've been in so many weddings in my life – 90% of them, we've had a wedding party limo that take us from somewhere, and you're cramped in there. You go down into them. They're uncomfortable. There's no leg room. You're smashed. It's hot. The air conditioning is never working in these things. And the shock, you're so low to the ground. The shocks are horrible. Every bump you hit, you're feeling it terribly. I think they just have this fake allure to them. They're not that good. They're really exciting as a kid. As a kid, There's nothing yeah, more no exciting doubt. as a kid than getting in a limo. Yeah. But, man, I saw a picture of one the other day on the internet, and I was like, and it, it, that's what spurred me to write this down. But the leg room between the main bench where people were sitting and, like, the little bar thing in there, four inches. Don't you think limos are kind of a dying breed? You just don't ever see them anymore. Oh, well, they're like the newspaper industry. And they it makes pe- me happy. I think they peaked in, like, 1989. Yeah, and they're, they're I mean, like... People- <gasps> People used to take them to prom as a group. I remember I never did. I've, I've hated them. Like I feel like whenever I've been in a limo, life. it's always a short ride. 
Yeah, we're thank going. Goodness. We're going from the church to the reception hall for a wedding, right? Well, thank goodness because they have no leg room. I don't think I ever rode in a limo for prom. What I really want to do with a limo is like drive to like Minneapolis with I've, like two friends, so we can all just like lay down in the back and watch TV. <laughs> do, you know fun. what I mean? Yeah, I just want to like lay down yeah. for a long drive. I, it's always though like we're going to cram ten people in here and we're driving four blocks to a reception hall. And it's yeah. like what what. Is, I and maybe I have bad memories of them because I'm always in an uncomfortable tuxedo, which I I mean, tuxedos, that's another thing that's overrated. Let's burn them and never wear them again. I hate them so much. They're dumb. I, I love them. I wear them in my free time. I sleep in one. <laughs> Nothing wrong with that, especially in the winter it's when like you got to, 47 layers to keep you warm. It's like to class up the place. Yeah. Um, <laughs> when's the last time, though, you saw celebrities in limos? They don't even ride limos. They just ride in, like, black Suburbans. Yeah, black Suburbans or town cars. Yeah, but like you never see a celebrity get out of a limo anymore. Nope. We need to bring back celebrity limo culture. Yeah, but maybe like widen them, jack them up, a little more leg room, higher. Don't you think that limos jump the shark with like the Hummer stretch limo? Yeah, and that maybe I wonder what those are like. I've never seen the inside of a Hummer stretch limo. I don't know if those are great, but I don't like them. Uh, Honestly, I was in a wedding, a family wedding cousin got married um a bunch of people that weren't in the wedding party thought they'd hop in the limo friends and crammed in there and then i went to open the door to get in and there ended up being no room for me and i was the last person at the church my parents had all left and so i was kind of like hey this guy's sick i don't have to ride in that stupid garbage limo and so i called my parents to come back and pick me up and they comfortably gave me a ride like the mile to the reception hall in their dodge durango a Dodge Durango is a fine motor carriage. Yeah. It was a great moment in time for me. Yeah. Plenty of leg room in that Durango. Let's go let's go to a clip. We have a clip of this. <laughs> oh, we don't we don't have a clip of this no, story we, that you're telling. Oh, I'm, I'm sorry. Unfortunately we don't. I thought I you were I thought it. well, I thought you were getting ready to throw it to a clip. Sorry. <laughs> Do you want me to reenact it? <laughs> yeah. Oh my reenacting, gosh. Reenacting reenacting things is great content for podcasts where people can't see us. <laughs> exactly. They have to visualize. Yeah. Um I have something that I ate this week. The best thing I ate this week was glorious. You have a little secret? And I know no. I said I wouldn't do this every week, but I feel like I keep having food experiences that I want to talk about. That's the story of your life. True. You've never eaten something good and not wanted to talk about it. True. You know how they say that phrase, like, never kiss and tell? Yeah. Never eat and tell. Eesh, I got to work on that one. Yeah, you do. All right. So I'm going to eat and tell. Okay. Monday night. And if you got something, please share. Um, Monday night, I come home. Wait. that's That was... That was last. It night. doesn't matter so, for the sake of the story. Okay. The sake of the story does not hinge on what day. Honestly, it was. I just did a pet peeve of mine. People just want to know. Detailed, a dumb yeah, story. people just want to know what you ate. That's so I it. get home late at night from the farm, and I'm on, I'm sitting in my truck on the phone with my dad, and my neighbor like is just standing. Hey, first off, tell people how your dad calls you. It's so funny. I witnessed it firsthand. <laughs> uh, well, I go, I go, hello. He goes, hey Adam, it's your dad, and I always say, yeah, I know. I, it says it when you call, and I also. Have recognized your voice for thirty some years. <laughs> Just the fact that your dad hasn't <laughs> grasped that, like his name pops yeah. up in large letters whenever yep. he calls you. <laughs> oh, my dad! If people could hear these phone conversations with him, I tell you what: the first time he doesn't do it, you need to go. Who is this? <laughs> and see see if he's like Adam. It's your dad. See, this is why I always say it. <laughs> I'm gonna do that. Yeah. <laughs> And so I'm sitting there on the phone with my dad, and my neighbor's just standing awkwardly at my truck window 
for like three minutes, just standing there. And Na- neighbor of this apartment complex? Y- yeah. And I refuse to like acknowledge it because I'm on the phone. And I was like, I wonder how long they're going to stay. And finally, <laughs> she just opens my door and starts talking to me while I'm on the phone. But totally justified because she handed me a plate full of egg rolls. Whoa. Whoa, 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 whoa. A plate full of homemade egg Why rolls you that call she had me? made. I should have. It was like eight egg Let's rolls. go to a clip of these egg rolls. Do we have a clip? We oh, don't. Look at the steam coming off of them. We don't have a clip. Okay, no, I'm don't. sorry. So I was like, this is amazing. So I thanked her. I said, oh, you're the best. I'll get you some sweet corn this summer to make up for it. And then I come inside and I look on top of my fridge. I got some packs of ramen. So I cooked up some ramen. And when they were in the oven, stovetop. Okay. I thought maybe you would bake the ramen because you oven and you bake everything. (laughs) Stovetop, threw the flavoring on there. And then I mixed some sweet chili sauce and some tangy sweet and sour sauce and teriyaki sauce in there with it. Made the most delicious ramen broth ever. Oh, boy. And then dipped those egg rolls in the broth and ate them while I ate my ramen. It was LKG. Big time. You need to stop with the LKG. It's not happening. It's not going to be a thing. It's like. It's like Mean Girls. Stop trying to make fetch happen. That meal plowed hard. It plowed. plowed. It was so good. And I was just so happy. I was eating egg rolls and ramen. And it was just such a pleasant surprise after a long day. Why didn't you call me? I don't know. Because it was Sunday night, too, and you didn't have a game. I could have shared egg rolls with you. But I'm going to summon her to make more sometime. Whatever. (laughs) I'll share it with you. I got a heart out in like four minutes, so whatever. (laughs) That was mine. You got anything unusual or just a ordinary week for you? Um, no, I didn't anything good. Nobody called me because they had something good. So I just kind of hey, ate boring stuff. Some Lawas and some peach <clears throat> steaks. No, actually, I had Lawas. I had, a, I had a cheeseburger and fries from Lawas last night. So we won. Lawas, by the way, is an authentic Mexican place. It is that you get cheeseburgers. Yep. Um, I had one for the first time with you and Brad Elder. And then I liked it so much that we got back. At a decent time from our game Monday, and I was like, I just feel like eating alone by myself. And you went and got it again. Yeah, I went by myself. Let's Monday go. Night. Yep. So that's awesome. I love egg rolls, though. I do feel bad. I didn't call you. I like them a lot. I should just showed up. How many did she give you? Eight. Oh my gosh! I should have just showed up with a bag, giving you four of them, and turned around and walked away. Oh my gosh! I would have been so excited, like my stomach would have fallen Dang out of my it. butt. I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna ask her to make more. Please do. All right, uh, all right. Want to get into the mm. meat? Sure. Of this episode, sure. You brought up to me talking about some fictional bands, movies, and shows about fictional bands. I love movies about fictional bands. Yeah, I I enjoy it thoroughly. Um, I love the movie Almost Famous. Fantastic. Stillwater. It, like the music they made for that movie. These movies are always a tricky situation because when you make a movie about a band, you also have to write fictional music for the band. And if the music's not good, the whole movie doesn't work. Very tough to do. Right. So like in almost famous, uh, the band Stillwater, they have this song called fever dog and it's like legit, a good song. Yep. And then with like that thing you do, that song is really, really good. And they even have like through some of the different scenes they have, like you hear like two or three other songs that they wrote and they're all really good. And that's the whole movie kind of hinges on that. So I think you do is from a different movie though. Then almost famous. You're talking about the wonders. Yeah. The movie's called that thing you do. Yeah. And the song is called that. Okay. thing you do. I, I thought people might get confused. You were, you were mixing that thing you do with almost famous. No, I think the listeners are smart. Anyway. 
Was that Kate Hudson's first movie, by the way? No, but it was it was early on in her career for sure. What a life! Uh, not what a life. Uh, what a what was it like? Two week stretch or whatever that one random kid went on with this band when he just no, the traveled movie's, with them. The movie's based off Cameron Crowe's real life. I think he traveled oh, with the Almond uh, with the Almond Brothers. Oh, did not know that. Yeah, Cameron Crowe wrote and directed it, and it's it's like autobiographical. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the, awesome. The kid that's in the movie, oh, his name is escaping me. It's like William. Or, um, anyway, he hadn't really been in a lot, and he hasn't really been in a lot since. No. There's a whole. Uh, James Miller did a whole great podcast on Almost Famous. Billy Crudup spent a lot of time learning to play guitar to make it look Billy. realistic. So, um, highly recommend that movie. Do. Obviously, I'm sure some songs like from these movies that were just written for the movie end up becoming like mega hits. Yeah, they're, they, they get played make on the a radio. Bunch of money and stuff get on the radio. Yeah, yeah. I don't think any songs from Almost Famous did, but that thing you do, I think, was like legit played on the radio. Yeah, big time. I love, I love so much like documentary or like biography movies, movies about it, whether it's actual like documentary style or it's like a remake. Not a remake, or if it's like a movie that doesn't have the actual like band members in it, but it shows like the life and story of a band. It's fascinating. It's me always better if the live, band is in it, though. That's true. These they live the just. Would it be fun to just for like a month live the life that they lived? I don't know. While could, like not doing all the drugs. Yeah, I don't know if I can keep up with them. Like I run <laughs> so my, crazy. I ran myself ragged. I haven't been feeling well the last couple of days, and I think all of my work this spring is just catching up to me i mm-hmm. was working late a lot and not getting great sleep and i just good. thought I, I said to brad elder this weekend i go i just imagine these people that are on tour and then not only are they running themselves ragged and stuff but like you mix in the drugs and the partying like i don't know how anybody can survive a tour yeah and then trying to get a, although trying to get a good night's sleep on a bus although like going down the road and the sound of the road and stuff maybe would give you a good sleep I don't know. I I don't know if I could do it, but Brad Elder and I watched a great documentary this weekend called Sound City about the um, record studio Sound City in Van Nuys, California, and it had this this uh, analog recording console called the Neve console, and I think they bought it for like seventy five thousand dollars in like nineteen seventy three, and so many amazing albums are recorded on it, and. Um, Sound City was a, a pretty historical record studio. Even though it was a dump, people kept wanting to record there because something about the acoustics and the record con- the, the recording console just made the sound so good. Mm. And the documentary is by Dave Grohl um, in Nirvana recorded Nevermind there. And when the record studio went under, um, he bought it for like a million dollars and had it installed in his home recording studio. Seriously? Yeah. And it, and the, the documentary is also about the transition from analog to digital recording Yeah, when Pro Tools came out. And it took some of the art form out of recording. And I know for me, like somebody told me to listen to like Machine Gun Kelly. They're like, oh, you got to listen to Machine Gun Kelly's new album. It's pretty, it's like a good pop punk album. And no disrespect to Machine Gun Kelly, but when I listen to it, I'm like, this is so overproduced. Yeah. That you can tell some and in my opinion, when when a or sound recording has sort of lost its soul, it's just so digitized, 
overproduced. And I can appreciate in 2023 when a band can still put something out that sounds like it still has a heart and a soul to it. Yeah, because, for sure. Um, or I, I saw an Instagram reel that was like the top punk or pop punk bands from 2023. And I was like, well, this will be interesting because I'm not really listening to new music. And they all sounded the same to me. Just overproduced, very mm-hmm. digital, done on a computer. I didn't care for it. Um and at like Sound City, like Rage Against the Machine, when they, I think Bulls on Parade, when they recorded that, it was all like they almost did it like a concert. They did it in like everybody played at the same time in one room mm-hmm. instead of tracking different instruments and stuff like that. And they showed in the documentary like little the the, the master tapes, like cutting them and like splicing them together. And like on Pro Tools and on computers, it's just click, delete, click, yep. delete, slide over, bam, mash it up. And there's an art form to it. There is, and and robots and people and com- or robots and computers and whatever all this AI stuff is that's coming into the world. It just doesn't have it doesn't have that feel that a human has. If they think something, they hear something, they feel something, they can do it themselves, and they just. I mean, there's a lot of things technology's done great, but man, some of that when humans get pushed out of a lot of the stuff like producing music and everything, it just. Makes it not as good. And if you go back and listen to like an older album that was definitely recorded on analog and it's been somewhat digitized when they put it on a CD or something, Mm -hmm. but there's still some of that, that heart and soul there. Like put some noise canceling headphones on and really just listen, listen to the, the sound of them, like playing their instruments. Like Mm -hmm. that is to me, like what I really enjoy about music is not when I'm like, Oh yeah, somebody auto tune this and then just, used the MIDI and, and brought in all these sounds. Yep. Yeah. Have you ever seen Spinal Tap? I was just going to ask you about that and say, no, no, I have not. Oh, boy. Is it good? Oh, it's so good. It's like I should look for it on a streaming service one of these days. Yeah, it's such a funny – it's like the first mockumentary that I can remember. We should watch it when I get back from this trip. And you want to talk about funny original songs. And it's a comedy, and the original songs are so, are so good. We should uh, watch it. I would love to. I've never seen it. I've heard a lot about it, never seen it. It moves pretty quick. It's definitely it's definitely Christopher Guest type humor. It's kind of dumb humor, but um hits my funny bone. Are you tired? You've yawned like six times tonight. It's just been some long days, man. Yeah, take a drink of your I don't feel whatever. like super tired. I just yawn a lot. We, do we need to talk Which about Which probably me- means I'm tired. Do we need to talk about meat or something to get you excited? <laughs> Slim Jims again. Go ahead and rank your top five bacons. <laughs> uh well, anything thick cut. Obviously, some of those Sioux Falls places have good bacon. I guess. That we talked about. I don't know. Pepper bacon sucks. Do you like the movie That Thing You Do? Yes. It's awesome. I don't remember when I first watched it, but I, I love it so much. Um, have you seen the, what's it called? Jersey Jersey Boys? Mm, that's the story a musical, of uh, Frankie Malley. <laughs> Frankie Malley. Frank O'Malley? <laughs> The guy that invented the uh, tire changing machine. <laughs> Frankie Valley in the four seasons. So it started as a Broadway play, which I've seen three times. It's unbelievable. Incredible. Best thing I've ever seen in my life and in, in like in a play musical I, form. I don't know what to think about that because everything you do so, or experience is the greatest no, thing this you've is, ever experienced. I love oldies music, man. This is incredible. But then Jersey Boys, that they took it. They brought it to theater. actually came to movie. Dude. I don't know if you're into oldies. It's awesome. I'm really into oldies. The story of Frankie Valley and the Four Seasons, how they came to be, the rise to fame, friction they had. It's so good. Uh, yeah, you should I, watch it. 
I would watch it because I like oldies and I like Frankie Valley and yeah. So we need to watch Spinal Tap. We need to watch Jersey Boys. Um, You've seen Almost Famous, right? I've seen Almost Famous a few times. I've seen The Wonders, a school few, or uh, that thing you do, School of Rock, a few times. School of Rock is great. Jack Black. Also, when I was doing my research on fictional bands, I don't remember the name of it. I saw that Jack Black was part of another fictional band in a TV show or movie. Cannot remember the name of it. You're not going to say Tenacious D, are you? <laughs> no. That's a real band. Yeah, he was playing some like saxophone thing. <laughs> Saxaboom. Um, you know what I'm talking about? No, what? Saxaboom? The instrument that he, he always played at every concert for that one song. I like the song oh, Tribute, I and I like the song Wonder Boy. Dude, Tenacious D is great. Uh, School of Rock, fantastic. It would be awesome if that happened somewhere in real life. Um, just, just a phenomenal movie. Uh, School Rock's really clean, too. You can show it to your kids. Yeah, absolutely. Great family movie. Uh, Jack Black is just an absolutely American treasure. I love that man so much. I really want someone to make a great documentary about The Clash. I would watch that. Why don't you do it? I don't have time. Um, <laughs> I watched a good documentary about um, Oasis. I But they speak in such heavy, like, British accents. And, like... No offense to British people out there. If this next comment's offensive, I apologize. Crooked teeth. No, 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 no. Relax. Um, the way that they talk, or the way that they speak British, it sounds like white trash British. <laughs> you know, it, it'd be like the way Southern people speak English in this country. It's like, okay, well, that's that's like a white trash. Ah, good call. You know what I mean? Is like, it- it's hard to understand them, and you know that is not how, like, wealthy british people talk it's not like liverpool like the beatles type it's worse than that the liverpoolian no it's not like the beatles <laughs> um it's just like i i had to turn subtitles on they were speaking english but i had to turn subtitles on because i don't think cockney it's not a cockney accent i don't know what it is but it was hard to understand them but i love the band oasis so much um have you ever seen pearl jam 20 no, it's a. They made a really good documentary, like the twentieth anniversary. I wasn't. I, I like like a handful of Pearl Jam songs, but I wasn't huge into them. No, me neither. Um, but I do respect like their good stuff is really good. Yeah. Um, I watched a Kurt Cobain documentary that was produced by his daughter called Montage of Heck, and that's not me cleaning it up. It's really called Montage of Heck. Yeah. I could watch endless documentaries on Nirvana. Endless. They're I, good. I'm forever fascinated by Kurt Cobain and Nirvana. Um, and for me, it's like when you talk about grunge, like Nirvana to me was absolute apex Pearl jam. And then like, I don't really understand why people love Soundgarden so much. I couldn't even name a song by them. Spoon man and black there hole sun. Oh, duh. Black hole. But sun. like to me, it's like they had a couple good hits, but like they're not anywhere near the level of Pearl jam or Nirvana. It, feels like, it feels like a band that like, it's kind of like the Samsung Galaxy where people try to like say it's as good as the iPhone, yeah, stop but make, it's not. S- stop trying to make it happen. So people uh, people like try to go all in on a band like Soundgarden and say how great they were, like s- Smashing Pumpkins. Uh, Smashing Pumpkins. I like them, but not that great to what me. What was that album they had? Um, something in the Infinite Sadness. Um, that that album was really good. And like their catalog is not super deep, but it's good. You remember, yeah. Did you ever listen to Stone Temple Pilots? A little bit, but not really. Man, Stone Temple Pilots had some good songs. I would put them slightly above Soundgarden. Listening to a lot of 90s country back then. Oh, really? 
Yep. And 2000s <laughs> pop punk, but a lot of 90s country. My brother was into like grunge and hard rock in the 90s and riding to school in the back of his car every day. We'd listen to either CDs or the radio station Laser 103.3. And my brother and I would put that on our alarm clock radio at night when me and my brother Brad shared a room. And I remember falling asleep to songs like, Despite All My Rage, I Am Still Just a Rat in a Cage <laughs> by uh, uh, Smashing Pumpkins and stuff like oh, that. Oh, that's great. You know Temple of the Dog? No. It was that it was that collaboration between Chris Cornell and Eddie Vedder. Oh. They had that song. Oh, but uh, that was good. I'm going hungry. Or it's called the song's called Hunger Strike, but I just listened on the shoot. What was it? It was one they had one album. It was Dave Grohl. He he like didn't leave, obviously, Foo Fighters, but it was Dave Grohl, someone from Aerosmith, I think. Oh, really? Someone from Oh my gosh, it's going to drive me crazy. You're not misremembering Queens of the Stone Age, no, are you? No. Okay. After this, I got to tell you, after, I got to look it up after this and tell you about they. It was like four guys from like big time bands all got together to make one album together. Listen to it on the way home um, from filming this YouTube video that came out today of mine. And it was great. It's like the traveling Wilkes-Barre's where it was like Bob Dylan, Tom Petty, yep. like all these dudes. Yep. <laughs> traveling Wilburys. Yeah. What did I say? Wilkes-Barre's. Oh, sorry. Um, Scranton Wilkes Bar. That's a part of the Twins organization. The uh, <laughs> some of my favorite albums were like one-offs. Like uh, Boxcar Racer made one album, and the entire thing is just fire. It's just all good. You know Boxcar Racer? Heard of them? It was Tom DeLonge from Blink and Travis uh-huh. Barker from Blink, and then like Adam Kennedy and some other dude. Okay. Um, Plus Forty Four only made one album, oh, yeah. and it was really really good. Like Plus Forty Four, the whole yes. thing is just so good. Sometimes these little one-offs end up being um, really good. Yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think of other like music documentaries I've really enjoyed. Amazon Prime has this series called Classic Albums. Okay. And they have like, and it's like it's like an hour long each time. But they get the musicians if they're still alive, and then they get like the engineers and the record producers, and they go through like track by track, talking about like. Um, how that song was written, how it was recorded. And they'll do things like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to show you like just the guitar track and they'll mute everything else on the soundboard. And they'll go, listen to this guitar. Here's how we recorded this. So good. They do like Tom Petty's album, damn the torpedoes. They do Fleetwood Mac rumors, Nirvana, nevermind Metallica, the black album. There's queen. There's, there's so many of these albums and it's so fun just to watch the musicians geek out and talk about, yeah. And, and they also talk about a little bit the rise of the band and how they, when they recorded that that legendary album, kind of like where were they in the in the scope of their journey as a band? Um, I, I highly highly recommend it. It's called Classic Albums. There's a whole series of it on Amazon. That sounds right up my alley. Um, I love stuff like that. I watched. I wish I could remember what it's called. I watched this last summer on Amazon Prime. It was a documentary. <laughs> I want to say it was like called the noise or something. I can't remember what it was, but it it was all about um, studio uh, studio musicians, yeah, and like and like showing how like some of these studio drummers, studio guitarists, and studio musicians that help like actually make the albums in studio, like yes, how legit they are. Did this one feature like, a woman bass player? Because I watched this. Gosh, I cannot remember. But like these people, these musicians are actually like responsible, better. 
they're responsible the for people that a lot actually of the hits. go out on the tour they just didn't want to they make a ton of money being in studio to help record the album they didn't want to go out on the road I don't know, maybe be away from their family or something, but it, it well, was so cool. It was really popular in the 50s and 60s, and yeah. it started to wane in the 70s. Um, but these studio musicians were responsible for recording. Like, yeah. So many Beach Boys songs were recorded by studio musicians. Uh-huh. And like Brian Wilson of the Beach Boys wrote it, um, but he, they didn't. the Beach Boys did not record them. Yeah. And in fact, in the movie That Thing You Do, they wanted to show that part of the, of the life. Remember when they were going to go in and record their second album towards the end of the movie. Yeah. And Jimmy's mad because they're going to use studio musicians. Yeah. And Tom Hanks's character is like, this is how it's done, man. Um, get with it. Yep. Like you're not going to be right. You're not, you're not going to be the one recording a lot of your songs. Yeah. Um, there's another good documentary about that called muscle shoals. Okay. Muscle shoals is a recording studio. Like I think it's deep in the heart of Alabama. It's a small town, just nothing. And they had this studio band called the Swampmen. And they recorded a ton of hit albums there. And that's why in the Leonard Skinner song, Sweet Home Alabama, he has that line, Muscle Shoals has got the Swampmen. <laughs> and it's all about like that band is responsible for so many big songs. So, like Stuff like that is so wild. And those people go basically unknown their whole lives but they're they're compensated very well well yeah, they're compensated well yeah i don't know i think i'd rather be compensated less and have people know about me because mm. i'm an egomaniac yeah but you don't have any of the pressures of fame that's and you true. just get to do what you love and a lot of these studio musicians that i watched in this documentary said it's a great life because i can be home for dinner with my kids true and i get to play awesome music with awesome musicians and make a good living every day yeah um but as time went on People wanted. People didn't care as much in the '60s that the monkeys didn't play their own instruments, right? Mm-hmm. But as time went on, it actually started to matter to fans that like Led Zeppelin was playing Led Zeppelin's music. Yeah, you know what I mean. And it did talk about how the studio musician just kind of went the way of the buffalo. It's not really a thing anymore. It's unfortunate, man. The one uh, that documentary that I watched, one of the drummers got so like screwed over by Billy Joel. Mm. And they were, and the story behind it, and what they were we talking have, about. Don't we like, all have a story about being screwed over by Billy Joel? Yeah. Seems like we all do. Oh, he screwed me bad one time. Told me he was going to play for me in a karaoke bar and never showed up. And that's the piano man for you. Freaking jerk. Did you know there's a little, there? I don't think it's there anymore, but there was a little recording studio in Jamaica, Iowa. Yes. And Slipknot did an album there. I had a friend, I had a friend in elementary school that moved to our town from Jamaica, Iowa. And it, it, we couldn't wrap our minds around <laughs> Iowa. it. We're like... So you're from like Jamaica, man? He's like, no, like Jamaica, Iowa. And we like didn't know where it was, never heard of it. I think it's over by Perry. It is. Uh, I had a buddy. Who, is it west of Perry on 141? Yep. I have a buddy who lives in Des Moines. Um, sent me a Snapchat like two weeks ago. Him and his wife were traveling through there to go do something with family. And he sent me a picture of like the Jamaica, Iowa sign, picture of the studio and stuff. And then like 20 minutes later. Someone hit and run his vehicle. In Jamaica? <laughs> In Jamaica, Iowa. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> That's why I don't travel abroad. But isn't that like, can you imagine? Gosh, I love stuff like this. I love history. I love nostalgia. I love like wishing I was there. I wish for oh this my, hit and run. Oh, my gosh. That just brought up something I wanted to discuss with you. I forgot to write down. No, like imagine living in that town while Slipknot's there recording the album. Like 
How cool would that be? If you liked Slipknot, it would be cool. Yeah, but just I to don't know like that there's Slipknot, like a, but, but just to know there's like a famous band there, right? Hanging out, recording. Imagine living in Muscle Shoals, <laughs> like in the middle of nowhere, Alabama. Yeah, crazy. And like, all these big artists are flying in, recording historic albums. How do you think that out. comes to be? I, I think, need to look. I need to Google. I that. think somebody makes a great album, and people love the sound, and they go, "Where did you record that?" But how do they ever even like? become a thing there to begin with to get people to come they're just so good i don't know i think if i'm if i'm not mistaken i mean this is pre like one of the social first media one of the first big artists to record at muscle shoals was like percy sledge like when a man loves a woman oh, yeah. or something like that man. and he, i think percy sledge was from like around there i wonder where they fly into tuscaloosa montgomery something like that not sure gosh that'd be so cool to see that um you got any more? I got, I got uh, band stuff I want to talk about. I want to do some comparisons. Go for it. With some fictional bands. Go for it. So this is TV and movie fictional bands. A lot of them we haven't talked about. I wrote down some comparisons, and I want to see what you think. Jesse and the Rippers. I wrote similar to Bon Jovi. Ooh, what do you think? Um, They're like rock, but like a little rock softer they rock. They don't rock hard enough. Bon Jovi's still too hard. Do you think? Oh yeah. All right. I don't know who they'd be then. There's a couple clips of Jesse and the Rippers playing, and like, it's pretty soft. Yeah, Maybe great. Uh, it's a little harder than Hall and Oates. <laughs> All right, how about uh, um, for Spinal Tap? I wrote Def Leppard. Spinal Tap, Def Leppard. Spinal could Tap could be Poison. No. Spinal Tap would be more like Guns and Roses. Alice Cooper. Ooh. I saw him open up yeah. for Motley Crue once in concert. They'd be more like Alice Cooper. All right. Dude, 80s hairball like rock concerts are pretty freaking fun. Think so? Yeah. Maybe. I've been to a couple. It's pretty wild. I think it's funny. Like when we were, me and Brad were watching that documentary on Sound City, musicians don't age well, particularly in the hair department. <laughs> yeah. You can always tell somebody whose heyday was in the late 70s, early 80s, because their hair hasn't really changed. It's a lot of middle parts and feathered out from there. Yep. You can just tell like, oh, yeah, this guy graduated in 1979, 100%. It became like such a huge part of their look and identity that I don't think they want to give it up because they're afraid they like won't be recognized. Well, I think all of us, too, get a little bit trapped in whatever style was around when we were in our late teens, early 20s. Yeah. I mean, I'm still wearing FUBU jerseys. Yeah. You're wearing one right now. Yeah. I think we have a clip. Yeah. (laughs) How about um, uh, the Wonders? I said it would be like the Beatles. Yeah. Yep. Um, Um, mm, Yeah. I think they would be. They're they're very Beatles-esque. Yeah. Uh, mouse rat. <laughs> I just wrote this down to make you mad. I said they're like Nirvana. Not even close. <laughs> Maybe more like Dave Matthews. Oh, there we go. That's a good one. Um, how about Zach attack? James Blunt? No. <laughs> Zach attack would be like a band from Camp Rock, the Disney movie. Just really, Dude. really bad and really cringy. Oh, that's awesome. Speaking of James Blunt, um, he sang on the finale of American Idol. Because the guy who won American Idol was singing a song uh, uh, called uh, Monsters. And yeah. It's about like your dad yeah. is dying and your adults and stuff. But uh, James Blunt, they sang it together. 
James Blunt, I don't know what's going on there, but he looks like a crazy man when he sings. Oh, yeah. The look in his eyes and the faces he was making was like... Some people make really weird faces when they Serial killer-esque. It was weird. Speaking of Dave Matthews, I remember seeing him do something. I wasn't at the show. It was like a YouTube video. And he said, I'm I'm bummed because I recently found out I look like this when I sing. And then he did like an impression of himself. (laughs) Sometimes people just... Like John Mayer's doesn't... John Mayer doesn't look super cool when he sings. He's really funky. He gets into it. Yeah. I mean, Meatloaf shakes all over the stage when he sings. All right, That's because he has a... He had, he had, I don't remember what it was, yeah. some kind of shaken syndrome. Yeah, RIP. Yep. Great guy. Thanks for bringing it up. I'm sorry. Um, Girl Talk from Full House. I don't remember this band. It was St- Stephanie, Kimmy, and their friend Gia. Stephanie's friend Gia. But DJ wasn't in it? Nope. And the three of them were so worried about their looks, they never practiced, and they were absolutely horrendous. I said Did, that- Was DJ their manager? No, she just wasn't a part of it. She was probably too busy hanging out with, uh, was it Scott? Steve, there it is. Um, I said that Girl Talk would be equivalent to like Aqua, who sang Barbie Girl. Yeah, it's probably <laughs> probably not wrong. Soggy Bottom Boys, they would be like the Traveling Wilburys. It's funny that you brought up the Traveling Wilburys. Traveling Wilburys weren't bluegrass, though. They kind of had a, a little bit of a same vibe. I am a man of constant sorrow. Yep. Close. Do you like that movie? I love that movie. I should, give awesome. it, I should give it another watch. I don't really like it, but I don't know that I gave it a fair watch. I love it. And it's where I first heard Down to the River to Pray by Alison Krauss. Fantastic song. What did you think of Wet Hot American Summer? Oh, we watched this. We finally watched it after, I think you told me about it, what, a year and a half ago? Long time ago. Yes. Yeah, so last Saturday night or Friday night, whenever it was, me, Burke, and Elder watched Wet Hot American Summer. And I must say... 9.4 out of 10. So good. It is fantastic. It's very funny. Very good. It's so much funnier than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. And the list of actors is, I mean, you talk about Mount Rushmore of movies with just an absolute packed roster. Well, and it was before a lot of them were famous. Yeah, it was it's crazy. Kinda, it's not as, it's not, it doesn't hit on that level like The Outsiders did where it was like Tom Cruise, Patrick Swayze, Emilio Estevez, yeah. Ralph Macchio. Like, yep. The Outsiders had like everybody before they got famous, it felt like. But Wet Hot American Summer Dude. is up there. <laughs> that movie's funny. I highly recommend watching Wet Hot American Summer. Um, and if you don't own it, I own it now on the Amazon Prime. You can come watch. Oh, you bought it? I bought it. Oh, okay. It's only five bucks. Oh, there you go. I bought that baby. Um, and uh, the last one I have written down is the B Sharps would be like Rockapella or Tonic Sulfa. Oh, B Sharps. <laughs> Baby on board. Such a good, just, such a great band. I adore. That episode is so good. Yeah. I like when uh, they say, we need a name that's clever, but sounds less clever every time you hear it. And they <laughs> came up with the B-sharps. Uh, that had to have been written when like Conan and those guys were writers. Had to have been. Because genius comedy. That episode starts out at a flea market. Yeah. And uh, Flanders is selling biblical trading cards. <laughs> And I think it's Millhouse goes like, wow, a Methuselah rookie card. And then they're like, Joseph Joseph of Arimathea, 26 conversions in AD 40, which is so funny. When comedic geniuses. Oh, man. And Marge is trying to sell like homemade necklaces. And she goes, she says to a, a passerby that's checking them out. Your daughter will love these. And the guy goes. I highly doubt my daughter is that stupid. (laughs) 
That episode is so good. I really hope people appreciate the, the just absolutely. You and I talked about this uh, the other day. We were talking about how it sucks when like an absolutely awesome joke is made, but people don't understand it. It's just a bummer because when, when you get people like Conan and them, I mean, these are like legendary comedic writers who are just. I mean, I just hope they get. I hope they get real. Like people realize like how unbelievable they were. In that episode, Homer brings home a baby on board sticker, and he says, "Now people will stop intentionally ramming our car." <laughs> oh man! So you said I don't even remember what you said, but it triggered this thought I had. I had this thought today, and I was going to bring it up to you. Do you ever? I have a question for you. Do you ever like want to? I think I was talking about like like these rock band documentaries and stuff, like wanting to be there and experience it. Do you ever like try to like, are you watching a sporting event or watching a concert or just like watching a documentary about a band? Do you ever try to like close your eyes and like picture like you're there and what those people are experiencing in that moment? Like I watch Iowa Hawkeye football games. They'll have a massive play and I'll like try to envision like I'm watching it on TV, but what if I was on the sidelines right now as a player? experience in this pandemic. Well, you did experience it like just on a smaller scale when you played high school sports. That's true. And like I was in a band for three years. And so I experienced that on a very small scale. But just imagine like 50,000 people screaming. For oh, you. it'd be nuts. It'd be nuts. I try to like envision myself like in that moment. I'm like, wow. We it must be crazy what they're experiencing. We would have right like a hundred people in a gym really enjoying it. They would be enjoying the concert. And I thought that was a euphoric feeling. Like, Heck yeah. I've always said like hitting a home run, um, playing with my band on stage and people are enjoying it. Like those are feelings. If I could bottle it, I would, yeah, I would chug it every day. Yeah. And it's fun when, when you wrote it and you're with your friends and you're just, it's just, I, I, I would encourage anybody that can to be in a band because it's a very fun experience. <sighs> Man, you're not wrong. One thing that one that I, uh, really, <laughs> this is so random. But I just remember it. It was from when uh, the Diamondbacks beat the Yankees in the World Series. 2001, yeah. When Luis Gonzalez hits the ball up the middle and Craig Council scores. Mm -hmm. And I just like, I I remember like being like, I just wish I could experience, I could be Craig Council that moment. Experience him like trotting to home plate to score the winning run to win the World Series as a massive underdog against the Yankees. Like being in a massive sports moment like that would be so cool. So fun. Agreed. <laughs> I don't know what I'm supposed to say to that. I, I totally agree. Oh shoot! Anyway, uh, oftentimes though, like you don't really, you're not really um, taking it all in. Like I think back to some of the games where we've won on a walk off, and I forget to like look around and soak it in. You're just like, like I never see the crowd reaction, and I keep telling myself afterward. You need to look over to the crowd and see what they're doing. Yeah. And when you like get a walk off single or whatever. Yeah. I just never think to do it. And, um, you know, when I was in a band, you're so focused on just trying to play the notes right and not screw up the song that you don't really get to yeah. just stop and look around and experience it. Yeah. Yeah. You're not wrong. Uh, my, I remember my sophomore year. I mean, this is like small, small scale, but my sophomore year of baseball when we were playing in substate to go to state and we showed up at the field and there's like hundreds of people already there in their chairs, got their spots. 
and like the outfield is packed with all of our friends who are already there in their vehicles, like hanging out in the outfield, all of our friends and parents. I mean, just, I, I remember getting out of the bus and being like, wow, this is like, this is awesome. Mm-hmm. And then you walk off the bus and you're like 16 and you feel like you're a celebrity showing up for the game. When we punched our, <laughs> when we punched our ticket to go to state in 2018, that was probably one of the coolest nights of my life. And like the whole community comes onto the field. Yeah. You're taking the pictures with the banner. You're kind of the man of the hour, it feels like. Yep. You get interviewed on the radio. And I I tried to really soak that in because those nights don't come around very often. Yep. It's pretty um, rare. I've been in sub-state games. I've only been able to win one of them. Mm-hmm. Um, and they're special. They're yep. really, really special. And then the whole lead up to state, you get the, the send-off. You get the radio. Like the radio came over to Alta and – bought all the boys pizza and then interviewed them live one at a time on the radio. And it's like, I remember telling our kids, you need to enjoy every minute of this, Mm -hmm. every minute of it. It's just such a special rare thing. Don't be annoyed by any of it. Don't, don't be annoyed that one more person wants to talk to you or whatever. Like soak this in. Yep. Yeah. Soak it up. And and our kids did a good job. They weren't annoyed by any of it. Sure. But yeah, it is. It is a cool feeling that, uh, we went to Substate back to back years, and it's kind of a cool feeling when you're going up when you're that late in the postseason, and you're like getting to practice for the day, and you know that like there's almost no one left still practicing. Yes, that's the greatest. And feeling. you're doing it, and like you kind of feel like I, I bet people in town are like seeing us come to practice right now, and everyone's kind of like got our back, and the whole town's kind of behind you, like this cool feeling, and like you're going up to practice knowing like we're one of literally 16 teams left in our entire class in the state uh-huh. still coming to practice. That's such a cool feeling. Even after the first round, you're like half the state is done. Yes. It's such a fun feeling. Half the state is done and we're still practicing. That's almost as cool. It's showing up to the game when there's so many people there is probably better, but it's such a cool feeling showing up for practice when you're still doing it on that state tournament run in 2018. We had the district final at Alta and um, <clears throat> we won it on a walk off sack fly. And I remember there were just people down every fence line. And I know where our former head coach was standing, the guy that had brought me over here and hired me. Um, and TJ Walter hits a ball to deep center. Caleb Sleezer's going to tag up and go home to win the game. And as soon as Sleezer crossed home, I turned around and I looked at Dan and I just pointed at him and he pointed at me like, you did it, buddy. <laughs> and then I kind of just looked around and, and I did try to enjoy that before I ran to celebrate with the boys. And it was like, Wow, there are people standing down both foul lines. Yeah. It's just packed. Yeah. Yep. Those are special. Those are really special. No doubt about it. Uh, and an iconic coach moment that just always pops in my head is uh, 2000. I want to say it's 2018. Villanova hits a buzzer beater to win the national title. And Jay Wright just walks. <laughs> just walks. Jay Wright doesn't even throw his hands up. He just like turns and walks right to North Carolina's coach to shake their hand. Brad Stevens was the man, uh, the the legend of like. Can you imagine? Brad Stevens didn't react to like buzzer beaters. Like I remember that shell. I want to say Shelvin Mack or something hit like a, like almost like a three quarter buzzer beater in like the Maui Invitational to be like a ranked team. And Brad Stevens just kind of, it's in. (laughs) Started walking to shake his hand. I wonder. I wonder if that's. uh, It's just like if it's intentional, like you tell yourself, "All right, I'm not going to freak out," or if it's just you're you're just so trained to just be cool and calm as the coach. Well, then you got like Jim Valvano who's running around yeah. jumping. Yeah. It's probably just whoever, whatever your personality I think is. It's probably, I think it's a lot of your personality. Interesting. Yeah, man. 
I love getting off on these tangents Me when too. I have these thoughts. Me too. You want to talk about a 90s quick hitter? Yeah, let's Then do bounce it. out of here? <laughs> All right. I saw a picture today that was posted on social media. It was about the outdoor portable buildings that schools would bring in back in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. You know what I'm talking about? The white portables? Yeah, we didn't do this, but I know some So Elta did. Um, my mom taught in one of them for many years. But the, the quote on the picture said, in the 80s and 90s, we didn't build new schools. They just hauled these buildings in and said, all right, go learn something, trailer park children. <laughs> My school didn't do this. Dude, Elta had, I want to say, four of them, I think. My mom taught in one of them um, before they finally passed the bond issue to get a new school back in the day. But I, I always remember walking up to the port. I would... This is before I had I rode the bus. I would just come to school with her when I was in elementary school. Still, we'd have to go find uh, the janitor somewhere in the school on an early winter morning because the locks were always frozen. Couldn't get them unlocked. Had to he had to come with a blowtorch, thaw out the door handle to get us in, and like the portable buildings. And it was like I don't know. There's something about him as an adventure to go into the portable buildings. But Woodward didn't have those, huh? Nope. We just had adequate space. Yeah. <laughs> We did not. Uh, Storm Lake, I remember, had they put like 15 up as their schools growing, and they had no choice. They had no space. They had to do it. We actually had too much space. We had an old like three-story building that was probably full of asbestos that was like empty attached to our school that we didn't use. Tons of asbestos. Man, yeah. I remember the old Elta High School. A lot of asbestos. Good times, those portable buildings. Um, gosh, I remember once... Uh, my mom opened hers up in the middle of the, I think I went out after school or middle of the day or something, stopped in there to say, talk to her or something, opened it up, Bumblebee flew in. Kids yeah, kids yeah. lost their ever-loving minds. You hate to see it. There was <laughs> a Bumblebee in there rolling around. Not ideal. RIP to the portable era. Um, thankfully, I, I imagine there's still schools out there using them. I think so. Could be. Thankfully, Alta really uh, got a new school, doesn't have to, and the rest is history. All right, Bert. Yeah, you got anything you need to plug? Any any businesses, any upcoming events you need to plug? We have the Little League Home Run Derby this Saturday. <laughs> That'll be fun. And we got three more baseball games this week. Boom. And then six next week. Six? Four. Oh, it's because you go to Des Moines. Four during the week and two on Saturday. Ah, that's going to be fun. Who you got on Saturday? You play any big timers? Sadell and Clorinda. Sadell. What size are they? 2A. What's Clorinda? 2A. Also 2A? All right. Sweet. Well, that'll be fun. Be a fun experience for the boys. Uh, Absolutely. Um, let me know if you need food recommendations for Des Moines. I have plenty. I am from there, so I know it, I know it well. <laughs> Whoops. <laughs> Duh. <laughs> All right. Uh, that was fun. Check out my new YouTube video. Put it out today. I ate burgers at Burger & Co. in Spirit Lake. It was phenomenal. I love eating burgers. I love eating beef. I love eating, period. There's just <laughs> nothing I love more maybe than Jesus. Uh, um, just love it eating check out the new youtube video just search for adam Patterson on youtube apple spotify iheart amazon music all the places you can listen to the podcast and many more tell your friends check it out seems like we maybe got a little momentum rocking right now i hope you enjoy what we're talking about and it feels like you're just sitting around a bonfire with your friends having those random conversations you'd have with them um i am going to be in laredo texas uh hopefully i haven't died of heat stroke Love you all. Keep listening. Keep spreading the word. Um, Hot, hot.